Father, we just want to thank you this morning. Father, we praise you, we worship you. Lord, uh, every opportunity that you give to us, Father, to gather together freely as your children, a privilege that so many of our brothers and sisters going through persecution cannot afford. But Lord, you have given us this opportunity. And Lord, I pray, Father, that we will appreciate it. Beginning with me, O oh Lord, we will appreciate. And Lord, we will redeem every opportunity that you have given to us. Lord, that we will fill ourselves with your word. Father, that our convictions will become even more stronger. Lord, that we will gain strength, O oh Lord, even as we feast from your word in our inner man, Lord. Our spirit will become, will become stronger because there's only one thing the spirit, Father, digests. It's the truth of the word of God. And I pray, Father, this morning, Father, that we will listen to the voice of the spirit. We will eat of your word. Father, the things of the spirit, we will savor the things of God and not the things of man this morning. And therefore, I pray, Lord, you would anoint us, open our eyes, open our ears, that we will understand, O Lord, Father, the heart of God, even through the word that we hear, O Lord, this morning, the heart, as we heard this morning, that you are good all the time, that you have our best interests, O Lord, Father, that the thoughts that you have for us, O Lord, cannot be, cannot be even countered, O Lord, Father, that you have engraved us in the palm of your hand, and Lord, that we are your sons and your daughters, and therefore, if you have accepted as our sons, as your sons, you will chasten us, not to, Lord, to destroy us, so that we may be made partakers of your holiness, and this morning, therefore, I pray that you would anoint us, that Lord, that you would grant us faith to hear. Faith, O oh Lord, to receive your word, all that is of God, let it become a part of our inner man, and all that is of man, let it fall to the ground, and let your name and your name be exalted and lifted up, and let Christ have preeminence in all things this morning. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory, for in Jesus' name we pray, amen, 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 hallelujah. So, uh, I just want to make something uh, clear um, about where I come from generally. Um, uh, I'm uh, the associate pastor of this church. Okay, so at least that is the title that has been given to me. Okay, and therefore, uh, what I, whatever I hear from the pulpit from the senior pastor, typically this is my calling. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 is what uh, is my calling. Okay, the things that you have heard, teach it to others so that they may be able to teach others also. That is what I follow. Now, as long as I follow that pattern, I'm always safe. If I try to venture into something else, I struggle. Okay, so this is something which I stick to. And I'm sure many of you know already, but for those who don't know, I just want to reiterate this. So, uh, like for example, if I show a verse to you and First uh, uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 13, you say, already we heard it last time. Okay, I'm reiterating all that we have heard, okay. So this morning we will look at First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Okay, if um, I don't recommend uh, many messages from the pulpit, generally because I don't know um, some of the teachings that they may say, I don't want to cause confusion. But I can recommend one sermon for sure. And from a Puritan 
man from the reformed circles, respected in the reformed circles, although he has views and opinions which are kind of, you know, contrary to the reformed circles. I'm, I'm mentioning the name Martin Lloyd-Jones, of course. I'm sure some of you heard about him. He preached a sermon called The Battle for Your Mind. The Battle for Your Mind. I mean, I'm telling you, you listen to it, and it's possibly preached in the 1970s or the 80s, and you will see how relevant it is for today. And he, the text that he chooses from is First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. It's incredible. You know, one of the most powerful sermons I've heard in my entire life. I've heard it several times, even this morning when I was driving to, uh, driving to church. Um, I just was playing it in the, in our, um, in our uh, music player. And my wife was like, oh, she was all ears, you know. And of course I was playing it at 1.5 speed and even that she was like, oh, this is great. So uh, this is something which I would recommend you listen to it. And whatever we've been uh, speaking uh, over the last several years, it's a new voice. You hear that voice, you will understand. Boy, what we have been preaching is not, nothing new. And the most conservative people you, you will ever hear is Martin Lloyd-Jones. And he holds such and such strong opinions, which are, which we all, especially from our church, we, we, we reiterate those things. We agree. And so, uh, especially that message. I don't recommend so many other things, but this one definitely hands down. You can, I give it a 10 out of 10. Okay. So gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. We heard that, what it means last time. And then, of course, uh, the battle is, of course, here, right? In First Peter chapter 2, verse 11, this is what Apostle Peter has to say. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Okay, and the soul, of course, is con- consists, consists of three parts. The word is suke in Greek, which essentially has three components, the component of your emotions, your intellect, and your will. Okay? And there is a battle for your will, to control your will. Alright? And it also, it already says in Second Timothy chapter 2 verse, uh, verse 26, if I'm right, uh, they've been taken captive by Satan to do his will. And God should perhaps will grant them re- repentance of the preaching of the word, and therefore he says, a man of God who's preaching the word should be patient. Right? So, there is a battle for your mind, for your will, for your emotions, and for your intellect. I mean, to, to change the way you think, essentially. So important. And therefore, when we are studying scripture and uh, when certain things are being uh, spoken over and over again, there is a, we, there has to be a kind of a seriousness. You know, the, the word in Telugu is Gambhirata, meaning you have to really take it to heart. This is important. You know, when, when uh, you study for exams, there will be some star marks in question papers. No, very, 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 very important. Mm, it's called chukkals. Okay, if you don't, uh, if you don't uh, study the chukkals, you'll get chukkals in the exam. Okay, the start, the dot marks are very, 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 very important. So take them to heart. Okay, so don't just take them, take these lightly and, and go back and study, do your own study, maybe one hour, two hours in a week where you can really intensely study apart from the devotions that you do. And I, I, I did that. I mean, I was, I was, uh, I was like you. I was doing several things. You know, I was doing a PhD. I was doing a lectureship. I was doing a preaching certain th- certain times in the church. I was wo- leading worship. I was taking care of the family, and I was also studying the Word of God. Okay, there's no excuse. You can. Okay, you just have to put your heart to it. All right. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse um, f- uh, three onwards. For though we walk according to the flesh, because there is a war, we do not war 
according to the flesh, right? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? And therefore, there's some, we, we looked at several kinds of minds over the week, especially if you uh, were there for the Nepali service. You understand Nepali? I understand. Okay. At least what he preaches for sure. <laughs> so, uh, the pastor was talking about th- at least three kinds of mind. He was talking about the reprobate mind. Okay. He was talking about the carnal mind. And he was talking about the willing mind. Alright. And, and this is so important for us to have a willing mind. John's Gospel chapter 7. It says, Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Therefore, if any man wills to do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. Many of them, many of us don't understand scripture. Why? Because simply because God does not want you to understand. Oh, you say, what what do you mean by that? Yeah, sure. He spoke many parables. Why? To make it easy for them? No, on the contrary, to make it difficult for them. He says to the disciples, I explain it in uh, uh, in simple terms, but for you, for the others, it is parable so that they will not understand. Okay. Complicated for them. Ah, they will say, both acha bola, kitna acha example hai na? They don't get the message, they get the example, they go, they go home. That's all. So if anyone, if we, if we really want to understand the Bible, one of the things that you have to decide, Lord, I am willing I'm willing. So many years back, pastors, pastors to tell us, no? He says, the breakthrough that happened in my life, he said, you know, when I said, Lord, I surrender to the authority of your word, doesn't matter what it says. Whether I agree or not, I will say, you know what, I will conform to it. Period. Okay. If, sometimes if I go wrong in the spirit, I will definitely no, not go, go wrong in the letter. I will err on the side of safety. Okay, so this morning, we'll talk about one thing. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that there, that as there was a readiness to will. Interesting, no? KJV is good. Is there a readiness to will? This morning, in, in, the, in the hearts and minds of God's people, a readiness to will. Are you prepared this morning when you came to church? I'm ready, O Lord. I'm raring to go to church. Okay. I'm ready. See, this is important for us. All these attributes are so, so important. We just don't come casually to the house of God. Okay. If there was, that there is a, there was a readiness to will. So there may be a performance also of that which he have. So when will, the, when will there be a performance? When there is a readiness. And then he says, for if there be first a what mind? A willing mind. It is accepted according to that what, according to what a man has and not according to what a man does not have. For example, uh, when you read the Bible, uh, for example, let's say you read uh, Psalm 1, you might get one lesson. One lesson out of Psalm 1. Okay. And God says, be faithful to that one lesson. Be willing and obedient for that one lesson that you learned. No, when, when I, t- when I read the word, word, Psalm 1, maybe I'll, because I've been in the ministry for a, for a while and I've been teaching the word of God, maybe I get five lessons. Okay. And God says, be willing and obedient for the five lessons. Now, if I dis- disobey, and I obey only three and I disobey two, who is better? You or me? You see? Simple. 
So it is, it is according to one, according to the light that you have, be willing. And then you know what will happen? You will get more. That is the reason why he says, for the one who understands, more will be given. The one who hears. So be careful as to how you hear. Be careful as to what you hear. Because for the measure with which you hear, that's exactly what, what will be given to you. I often give this example, no? In this, in the, in this, in the colleges, I've seen it, no? People, a lot of people, um, they don't credit a course, they audit a course. You know what a credit and auditing is, right? Credit bulletin, you, you're taking for a grade. Audit bulletin, you take a course on Udemy. Who, how many are serious in Udemy course? Ah, I will do assignments at our will, at our leisure. And I recommended some to the young, some young people, uh, there is one course which you can do CS 150, I told somebody, you know. How many of you actually did it? <laughs> because there is no, there is only credit. There is no, there is only, a lot of people audit a course. Audit, matlab, I will see whether I can enjoy it or not. After two weeks, they drop it. You know why? Every class is important. By the time they come to the first class, they understand a bit. Go back home and review. By the time they come to this class too, if they don't review, gone. Especially during our times when there is no YouTube and recording. I remember when, <laughs> when I was teaching the course uh, in my university, the last semester, the last course, last semester was, I was teaching and I was out of, out of the university after that. I was teaching a course. This is the latest batch. Okay, this is my eighth batch or sixth batch I was teaching or seventh batch I was teaching. Seventh batch. I was teaching the class. One student, I would never forget. He said, sir, can I record this class? I said, no. Why? Your previous batches had no provision like this. And they learned. They went back. They searched. They worked hard. No. Of course, now... So, like Pastor was saying, no, so many messages Paul preached. He says he three years he preached in one place, Ephesus, night and day, two times a day for 365, two, 365 times, two times three sermons in one church with apostolic anointing and authority. Okay. You can imagine. So first a willing mind. Okay. Have a willing mind this morning. Why is this important? Why is this important? Joshua chapter 24 and verse 14. This is in the good news translation. You know, some translations are good. This is a good news translation. Okay. Now then Joshua continued, honor the Lord and serve him sincerely and faithfully. Get rid of the gods which our ancestors used to worship in Mesopotamia and in Egypt and serve only the Lord. If you are not willing to serve him, what is that? Decide. When? Today. Okay. Decide today. Decide Decide today whom will you serve? The gods of your ancestors? The gods your ancestors worshipped in Mesopotamia? Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living? But he says, for my family, as for my family, we have made a decision. What is the decision? We will serve the Lord. So therefore in keeping... With the series that we've been going to, I titled today's teaching as Be Decisive. Everybody say that. Be Decisive. Be Decisive. Very important. Be Decisive. 
We'll come to it. <clears throat> as to what it means. Actually, I copied this title from uh, the teachings that we are going through. And also, Warren Wiersbe uh, wrote a book, uh, on a commentary on the book of Jeremiah called Be Decisive. Of course, not much of it is there, but... You understand, right? So let us see what, 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 what do we mean by that? In Daniel chapter 11, verse 31 and 32, this is what Daniel has to say. And forces shall be mustered by him. This is talking about the Antichrist, verse 31. And they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. What is the sanctuary fortress? He's talking about uh, the sanctuary in Jerusalem. Yes. The sanctuary in Jerusalem is the ultimate culmination or the consummation of the sanctuary here. First, the sanctuary here in the mind, the fortress in the mind is taken first. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. And verse 32, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with what? With flattery, smoothness, smooth talkers. But the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Okay, this is very important. People who know their God. Daniel chapter 11 in the ISV says, through flattery, he'll corrupt those who act wickedly toward the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and take what? Action. That means what? They will be decisive. They will be decisive. This is a very important thing, okay? Decisive. decisive. Decisions have to be made. Many of us are making decisions, or rather, in other words, we, we are making choices. And decisive decisions are so important, especially in these last days. We don't take these things lightly, okay? So let us read one verse, very famous, we know this verse very well. Joel chapter 3, verse 14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of what? Decision. For the day of the Lord is near where? In the valley of decision. Okay. I, I like the way Eugene Peterson renders it, the message translation. Look at what it says. Mass confusion, mob uproar. Where? In Decision Valley. Mass confusion. I mean, that's exactly what we are in. We are in a confused generation. You know, we know that when people from when Indians, uh, origin children, they come back from America to India, you know, uh, we call them uh, ABCD. You know what ABCD means? American born, confused Desi. Okay. okay he, does, he has an identity problem. He doesn't know where he belongs. He is neither American nor Indian. He is in the middle. Okay. American. So, <laughs> ABCD. You know, there's a lot of confusion now. A lot of what we call as gender confusion. That people don't know their gender, for example. Confused. And there's a mob uproar. I remember, no? Matrix was directed by Wichowski brothers. And now they have become Wichowski sisters. Yeah, Wichowski sisters. We are living in a generation where man becomes a woman. He becomes, he changes his gender into a woman. And then he gets the woman of the year award. Confused. What are you? Who are you? I'm telling you honestly. This is so crazy. Crazy generation. I mean, I was, I was listening to one pastor from Canada. He has also a school like us, no? He has an LCS school, no? Uh, AC school. And then he was in his graduation ceremony. He was saying, 
I'm looking at the children in my church. The boys are boys. The girls are girls. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Confused. What are you? Who are you? I don't know. I mean, this is the only generation when you can become a woman and get the woman of the year award. Crazy. What's her name? Forget the name. And then you call them out. They're confused. And God's judgment day has arrived and they're still not decided not to serve God, your gender. They still haven't decided their gender now. Forget about male and female. Indecisiveness is a no, no, my dear brothers. There is no go pee. Go to Mida, Pilli. Cat on the wall. And, and it's, it's a spirit of Ahab, essentially. Controlled by the pleasures of Jezebel. What is happening? It's a generation which is feeding on pleasure and they have no idea what is going on in the world. They're totally, totally apathetic. As long as they get the pleasure. The feeding of Jezebel's table. And you know what? The indictment against the church, I think in, 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 in Pergamos, if, Pergamos, if I'm right, or what, the other church, Thyatira, if I'm right. He says, you have allowed that woman Jezebel who has teached, who has taught who? My servants to commit adultery, idolatry, to, uh, to eat food offered to idols and to commit sexual idolatry. My servants. What has happened? Pastors, men of God, feeding on pleasure. And they don't have a voice. You see? First, Corinthians, First Kings chapter 18, we know this very well. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and, and gathered the prophets together in Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter or halt between two opinions? If the Lord is God, what? Follow him? But if Baal, follow him? But the people? <laughs> no, 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 no. They said what? No. The message renders it beautifully. Look at what it says in message, okay? This is Eugene Peterson's message. First Kings chapter 18 verse 20. So Ahab summoned everyone in Israel, particularly the prophets to Mount Carmel. Elijah challenged the people. How long are you going to sit on the fence? I told you, no? Nobody's sitting on the fence. Derek Prince made a fired up statement. When the Holy Spirit comes, one thing he will do, he will electrify the fence. Simple. So that either you will fall inside or outside, depending where your weight is bending. There's no person who's going to be indifferent when the Holy Spirit comes. So look at what he says. How long are you going to sit on the fence if the if God is the real God, Follow him. If if it is Baal, follow him. Make up your minds. Nobody said a word. Nobody made a move. You know, where do, where do they make moves? Which game? Chess. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm this is empirical data. Okay, women, girls, don't be upset with me. The highest rated male player is Magnus Carlsen. He's got an ELO rating of 2,800 odd. What, 2,837 or something, I don't know. The highest rated woman player. And this is not physical exercise, okay? Chess is what? 
mental exercise more i'll tell you why it is this is a very this is empirical data okay nothing you can go and check it out on the internet from uh, independent sources the highest ranked elo rating of a female grandmaster world champion is 2600 there are 200 elo points difference between the highest male player and the highest women player and they were one one uh, international master grand uh, master she was asked this question why is it that men are supposedly better at chess and you know she said because women are very difficult and very difficult for women to make decisions they are very indecisive because so many things are going on in their mind and most of the time they make decisions which are secure which will cause i know this is the safest move and you know what in chess no safest move the killer is the one who is aggressive that is the reason why we like mikhail thal right thal is all out man and of course bobby fisher they were the people who really they 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 what do you call they they became superstars in chess because of their fired up game aggressive game style and of course uh, in the in the women we know judith judith polgar who beat 11 world champions among the women and the empirical data says you know why they all they want they want security they do not want to take action because you know what if they if they make this decision maybe i will lose the moment you say maybe i will lose you are gone in chess i'm not a chess player but i analyze i like to, i like to analyze chess because i'm not also a very good decision maker because there are so many decisions i'm like which one is the best not very easy for me to make because i li- i'm like the guy the psychology of me is I, i want to play it safe that kind of a guy and if you want to play safe make your move make your move my dear brothers and sisters this morning how long be decisive and god says no look revelation chapter 3 you know this verse very well and the angel to the church of the laodiceans write these things says the amen the faithful and the true witness the beginning of the creation of god i know your works that you are neither cold nor hot i want to come and put one fire under your chair so that you will <laughs> spur yourself into action you have become so dull and lull you're looking at all the things that you have accomplished but absolutely dull in your spirit there's no fire at all in your life there's no zeal you're vacillating between two opinions decisive ball is god you know why most of us struggle when we come to church because through the day through the week that we've been actually playing around with the world and also with god and when we come to church there's no flow of the anointing simply because there's no freedom to worship simply because we have not made up our mind say make up your mind this morning make up your mind you've been called to some place it's a difficult place to go to make up your mind James chapter 1 look at what it says we know this was very well if any one of you sorry uh, was five onwards if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of god who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to him but let him ask how in faith without doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind meaning you have no convictions at all if the world is going this way everybody is wearing their hair is like this you will go like that if they are wearing bell bottom you will go like that If they get meeting boot cut you will go like that 
You don't have convictions of your own. For let not that man suppose that he will receive what? Anything. God says, if you are not making up your mind, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you anything. Simple. You will not receive anything. And that's the reason why we have to keep singing that song. Singing that song. I've got my mind made up. Goodbye, world. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is what? Double-minded. It's very interesting in the word. Dip, psychos, two psychologies. He is a schizophrenic. He's got multiple personality disorder. Uh, doctor, Jack, what is that? Doctor, Jackal and Hyder. Uh, yeah, Jackal and Hyde. See, multiple personality, split. Some people are split in several ways. Some people are split in, at least binary split is happening. Dipole. Bipolar. We're living in that kind of a generation. I, I'm telling you honestly. You see, actually Martin Lord Jones speaks, speaks about that. He says, you know what? There's certain things, you see the entertainment industry. You see the sports industry. Everything is geared towards, you know what? Mob psychology. Right? How do you watch sport? Are you watching in uh, live telecast is one thing. Watching in the stadium? Oh! Hallelujah! No, hallelujah, not hallelujah. Uh, nobody says hallelujah in the theater, of course. Oh! It's frenzy! Even the people don't know ABCD of cricket also will be dancing. I don't know for what. We call them cheerleaders, of course. Cheerleaders in cricket? When did the gentleman's game become a mental man's game? I mean, it's sickening, I tell you. What respect we had for the game when we were growing up. I'm telling you honestly, when we were growing up, we, we used to yearn for test cricket. Not one day, stupid one day in T20. You know what? People who watch one day in T20, we call them reprobates. You know why? What the word for reprobate is? Untested. See, double mind. See, we, we are living in that. We are we we are, we are herded into into arenas, and we are forced to think in a particular way. See, you see, unbelievable. We are living in those days where the majority rules. That is the reason why in in, in, in Exodus chapter 23, God says, no, do not side with the majority. Very clear. Do not take sides with the majority just because you have a majority. Do not side with the poor man just because he's poor. And do not side with the rich man just because he's rich. We were, we were looking at be just and be not don't be partial. Yesterday we heard about it. Be fair, being fair and being just. You know what? We need to have, okay, th- thousands of people are thinking like this. They could be right. No, they're not. They are not. There were only eight people who were right. When billions of people, when the first flood came, first flood came and for the first judgment came. You see, 
Very important to be decisive. But how does this process of indecision happen among believers is a question. Right? How do I become from a, from a decisive guy or to an indecisive guy? Let us look at one example and let us, uh, let us look at the anatomy of an indecisive fellow. Genesis chapter 9, 19. This is verse 15. When the judgment is right at the door. Huh? Where, where is the judgment? Few hours judgment. I mean, I liked somebody's prayer request. Who, whoever gave the, gave the prayer request. Lord, prepare me for judgment. Good. Because it is appointed for man to die. Lot of people are scared of, of death, death. They are not scared of the right thing. I am telling you honestly. Oh, we will die. You will die. But after that, there is judgment, Baba. And God has given assurance of this by raising him. Who? Jesus from the dead. Who is going to judge the secrets of men according to the gospel that Paul preached. But that man, Christ Jesus. Oh my goodness. Look at what it says, when morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he, what? He's indecisive right there. You know, it's like, you know, uh, <laughs> examination is coming. And a lot of people, they'll say, this year I'm not going to give the exam. You know why? They're not prepared. Drop out. This year, no, 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 no. This year, no, next year. September. Have you seen songs also? Kondala Korsundi Entaki Targanandi. So much of course to study, it is not even getting reduced even one bit. So what do we do? Hare, postpone. <laughs> there is no postponing. It is appointed to man. See, while he lingered, he's indecisive. Think about it. Are we ready? Are we ready for an exam? That is the reason why we don't send people to Jilla Parajan. We send them to Chaitanya. Why? Why do we send them to Chaitanya? And Narayana, that is what you call as China, right? Why? Everyday exam. They need to have an excuse to give an exam. Today quiz. Oh, they will say, oh, quiz. What quiz? Suddenly one question. And this is going to be marked. Finished. Judge, judge. Every day they judged. What happens one day? They go to the exam. They're all, they've already judged themselves so many times. Exam is like, or whatever. If you are a left-hander or a right-hander, you know, you can interchange your heart. Understand? While he lingered. Why was he indecisive? Why was he indecisive? Where did he sow the seeds of indecision in his life is the question that we need to ask. Because what you sow, that's exactly what you'll reap. Genesis chapter 13. Let us look at our man Lot. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, now, the parenthesis, okay, parenthesis, you know, in the question paper also, there will be parenthesis giving you certain details. Parenthesis, and a lot of people, they will, they will skip the parenthesis and go to the next point. No, 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 no. Okay. Somebody says, no, the devil is in the uh, detail. That is the reason why you should read the Bible with a 
fine tooth comb. Even the genealogists don't waste it. Ragado, usko. He'll come out, lies, not lies, but the truth of the word of God. And I'm telling you, I, I used to, I used to dread to read through Chronicles. Ma, Chronicles. But you know, there are, you know, in Telugu we call him Animutyalu. Pearls of wisdom in Chronicles. In, embedded in genealogy. What you should do? Take that comb and do that. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. See, already the mind is split. What is there in your mind? Garden of the Lord, Egypt. Who oh, finished? Start. And he says, then the Lord, then Lot chose for himself. You know what? I'll tell you something. When you say decide choice, the other word for choice is decision. But this decision is <laughs> against the decisions that God wanted him to. Let, let us look at it. Okay, we'll we'll try to understand what that means. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east. Where did he go? To the east. What are you supposed to do when you enter into the tabernacle? Oh, you should turn your back to the east and then you enter into the tabernacle. So this guy is going towards the east thinking that it looks like the garden of the Lord and also the land of Egypt. Then the Lord, Lord chose for himself all the plain of Jordan and Lord journeyed east and they separated from each other. Genesis chapter 13 verse 12. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But... You see that? The men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Great sinners. The greatest of all sinners, in other words. And we know what this iniquity of Sodom is. This homosexuality is not the iniquity of Sodom. There's something else which caused that. So the point here is this. The call to a believer is leave Egypt. Get out of this Egypt. Not be comfortable in Egypt. Don't say it looks like Eden and it also looks like Egypt. No. Make a clear cut separation from the world. It is absolutely imperative that you do that. Otherwise what happens, you will be sowing the seed of the word of God but it will happen somewhere else. We will look at where it happens. The first call of the apostles to the church. What is the very first call after repentance to the church, when the apostles preached. Acts chapter 2. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of, the, uh, name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The promises for you and also to your children. Okay, spiritual and biological also. And with many other words, what did he do? He testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Okay? Be saved from this perverse. Don't become comfortable in the perverse generation. Be saved from this perverse generation. I'll tell you the reasons why we should do this. 
perverse generation. That means a generation which is crooked, which is twisted. One man of God said this. He said, in every age, the church has to understand the spirit of the age and do exactly opposite to it. Exactly. What we call them as iconoclasts. You know what iconoclasts are? The people who go against tradition. This is the tradition of the world. Do exactly opposite to it. Find the spirit of the age and do exactly. Why? Why, 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 why? Let us understand this age, this generation. Let us let us see what the Bible has to talk about this generation. Proverbs chapter 30. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. Yesterday, pastor was talking about something very interesting. If you listen to the message very carefully, he says, when you are judging somebody, be fair. When judging your neighbor, your wife, your children, but one place don't go, parents. No, no, no. No. Dangerous. You know what? The Ten Commandments are repeated twice in the Torah. First is repeated in the book of Exodus. And then it is repeated in the book of Deuteronomy. And then when you are supposed to, uh, they have supposed to uh, put a, put a, put Ebal, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerazim, and they are supposed to pronounce the blessings and the curses, and they have to read the commandments of the Lord. Who's listening? Who's listening to these commandments? The generation which lost 40 years of their life because of the decision and the indecision of their parents. And you know what Moses tells that generation? Honor your father and mother. And if you don't honor your father and mother, you are cursed. And what should all the people say? Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something. No, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this. No, there's a spirit. Not so much in our church, even though I see strains of it. But you guys are coming coming along. I mean, you're doing very well. There is a real serious lack of respect for elders in our generation, and it is not even encouraged anymore in the schools. I remember when we were growing up, there were very few schools. I got admission with great difficulty in St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's. I'm a product of St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's, St. Mary's, uh, Little Flower Junior, uh, Little Flower School, and a few other schools where the most, and HPS, of course, Hyderabad, Hyderabad Central uh, Public School, these were the most prominent schools, and to get admission in those schools was like one pearl of great price. Okay. And, 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 those days, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, if you have been summoned to the principal's office, you should see the tension in children. And we, I was studying in a Catholic school, no? Father, 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 please father, sorry father, sorry father sir, father sir, huh? sorry father sir, sorry father sir. And if he says, I am going to give you TC, period, gone. And, Character certificate, it has to be excellent only, not even satisfactory. You fall on his feet also, he will say, no. Once he has made his decision, he's gone. 
the kind of respect we had for our teachers those days. I'm telling you, I'm, talk, I'm talking about my generation. Boy! It, it doesn't matter if the teacher thought well or not, did not teach well. Doesn't matter. We could, maybe we were making fun, uh, maybe in our uh, close groups, maybe. But in the class, if you're stand, if you're made to stand out in the corridor, you know, used to come, the vice principal used to come with a cane. And people would have already decided today I'm going to be out of the class. They would come with cushions in their, in their, in their seats. Because that guy used to take the cane and whack the daylights out of you. So, father, hit, father, hit, 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 hit. By this one, this one has a cushion now. He has already decided to be out of the class. I'm telling you the kind of discipline that we were, we were taught and my Telugu teacher, you, if I would pronounce certain thing without a the or a yeah, it will start off. He will get Sanskrit only out of, out of his mouth. When I, when I read my Telugu now, my parents and my relatives will say, Are Vijay, you're Uttulu, you're so perfect. My Raghupati sir taught me. I'm telling you honestly. We used to te- have terror of the teachers. And whether you would argue whether it is good or bad, it is your opinion. But let me tell you, when one, 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 uh, one, one pretty maths teacher was, was there, I forget his name. Lucas sir, if I'm right. Lucas sir. Okay. He used to say, Savio bent. I will make you straight. That's it. And he made him straight. Only two options. Either he's made straight or he's gotten out of the school. Simple. And after you're given TC, your parents can call, make the chief minister and the prime minister and the president to call. He will not budge. Over. It's done deal. It's a done deal, my dear brothers. You know what today we have? Oh, call your parents for for disciplinary action. Your school. I will throw money on somebody else. Somebody else will give an admission for me. That is where we are today. We can't discipline people anymore. We don't have respect for elders. We are a generation like this, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't you get fired up and say, you know what, I don't want to be like this. Leviticus says, when a hoary head man comes, you have to stand up. Where have we lost? We have lost that tradition. You lost it. Oh, don't tell my son, you know, don't tell, he's very, very sensitive. I, am, I remember no excuses like that when we were growing up. I don't know whether it's right or wrong. But one thing, we had respect for them and we have respect for them even now. Even now. I will always remember those teachers with incredible respect. Because they made me. If they were not tough. And what do we have? Okay, churches disciplining me. I, there are so many churches. Those days, if you are sent out of the church, it was disciplinary action. Baba, that fellow used to say, Abba, please. Satan is troubling me and buffeting me, he would say. This pastor. pastor <laughs> He'll go to another place. You take the same principles every day, my dear brothers and sisters. 
We are living in a generation like that. And when we, I when I talk to young people, you know what? You stand up in a, like a Daniel in a generation and you make, give respect to your teachers and your elders. I'm telling you, the blessing of God will come upon you. And you will be so totally different than the rest of the people. You have, you will have wisdom that God will give you that the, the best in the world will not be able to gainsay. That is the conviction that I have. Why? They don't respect father and mother. Means they don't have respect for authority. Second, there is a generation which is pure in its own eyes. And yet, it's not washed from its filthiness. See that? They're not washed from their filthiness. They're slaves of sin. Honestly. I want to teach my children to respect for elders. Respect for grandparents. Respect for the elders in the church. Those who are elder to you in age. How do you <laughs> address them? You know, in, 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 in Andhra, Tataya, no. You'll get one slap on your face if you say Tataya. Tatagaru. Nanagaru. Daddy. G. Mummy. G. Think about that. And then says there's a generation how lofty are their eyes. Boy, you can't speak to them anymore. Can we? Their eyelids are lifted up. It's characterized by pride. You're talented. They will put you to the... And they will say, Bah, They will give you the position of an expert and they will worship you. And they will say, Phalam Pushpam Samar Payami. They will say, Puja. Then, there is a generation whose teeth are like what? Swords. In other words, if they cannot argue with you, they will shout you down. They don't have arguments. It happens especially in the among the Muslim apologetics. You get a strong argument. You are a deceiver. I am not a deceiver. I am just reading your scripture. I am reading your scripture. You are trying to deceive. I am reading your scripture. I am giving an argument. You have no argument for my argument. So what do you do? You shout me down. You call me what? Whatever you want. Islamophobe, homophobe, whatever phobe. Everything is phobia only nowadays. New, new phobias we have. FOMO. What is fear of missing out? That is what we do, no? Cell phone, we are driving. What? Fear of missing out. Those days, what do we have? Landline. And parents knew who called. Hey. So I used to come home. One or one of my classmates, if it's a female classmate, would call home. My mother would look at me. Vijay, Malini phone just in the. Ha 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 ha. They know? Do parents know? Who call you know? There is a lock for your phone. There is a, un- there is a lock to unlock the app. There is an unlock to unlock the unlock the app. Nobody knows. That's the generation. FOMO. 
Gus, 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 gus. Fear of missing out. Phobia. One buzz in the in the in the pants and you cannot handle it anymore. You have to take it out when you're driving the car. See? Those days landline, no? Everybody knew. So what we used to have what we call as blank calls, no? Huh? Sisters? Somebody used to call you blank calls. Clank! Hello! No, no, no blank call. We have true caller now. True caller. I'm telling you, this is scary. It is scary, okay? It was four years back, four or five years back when I went to Nambali to a, to a stay, um, sorry, a furniture shop in Nambali. A Muslim man who was, who was dealing. And I bought a bunch of furniture for the school. And I said, this is the address. And he said, sir, give me your number. I said, my number is 9949-7346. Oh, don't dox me, okay? Okay. <laughs> so he said, no, 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 Pastor Vijay. I said, what? This fellow behind the, you know, some furniture shop in Nambali? He knows me, Pastor Vijay? How? Then I said, I try to understand what is going on over here. There no surprises, my dear brothers and sisters. No blank calls. Because you have algorithms, no? They will search. Oh, some person, and then I said, okay, maybe somebody somewhere in their phone who has true caller stored my name as Pastor Vijay. So universally I'm known as. You go to LinkedIn, okay? You just type LinkedIn Vijay Itakota. I never, maybe sometime back I just opened LinkedIn for my IIIT account. I said lecturer IIIT Hyderabad. Now, now if you go, just type LinkedIn Vijay Itakota. Just go and Google and say LinkedIn Vijay Itakota. Two profiles will come. LinkedIn Vijay Itakota. Lecturer IIIT Hyderabad. Associate Pastor Grace Tamanagal Church. That is also there. This is strange generation. What are they? They are people whose mouths are like swords, whose, whose, whose fangs are like knives. And what do they do? If they cannot argue, when, when you are over with an argument, they will shout you down and they will destroy your property and they will destroy. That's exactly what happened, right? In the, in the US, in the last one and a half years, they've destroyed the properties of poor people. Because just because they couldn't win arguments. We are living in a poor generation, my dear brothers and sisters. And what do we do? We say, you know what? Let there be Egypt and let there be God. You want worldly ideas and godly ideas. How is it possible? How is it possible? So only those people, Acts chapter 2 will say, who gladly receive the message of what? Be saved from this power's generation. You know what? They were taught the doctrine. They were taught the doctrine. <clears throat> what happened therefore? And they continued, how? Steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, in the baking of bread, and in prayers. <clears throat> and then what happened? Great, great fear came. So when the fear of the Lord departs the church, you know what? It is Ikhabod. The glory of the Lord has departed.
So, what do we do therefore? We take the words of Jesus to heart. Right? Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into his house, into our house and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard the word and Martha was what? Distracted. You know, when I was going to, I went to OM three years back. I was going through all, browsing through all the books in OM and one book, the title of one book captured my attention, caught my attention. You know what it says? Preaching to a distracted generation. It was, it was written by a 92-year-old pastor. I just took it and I said, you know what? This is not my generation. This is me. Me. And a certain woman named Martha. Martha was what? Distracted. D. What is, what generation? D generation. Then, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are what? Worried generation. And then you are troubled generation. D-W-T. Distracted, worried, troubled. And what is needful? Sit at my feet and concentrate. That is the reason why I like the church. How many hours? Either you sleep or don't sleep. What I am going to do? I am going to discharge my duty and go. Your blood, I don't have on my hands. And when anybody preaches on the glory, it doesn't, doesn't have to be me. I will listen as if it is my last sermon. Do you have that attitude? Anxious. Why are we anxious? Why are we anxious? You know what? Our priorities are so messed up. Because we have this world inside of us and we are, we are distracted. We have still not made a clear distinction from the world. You know, what, what, I, what I tell uh, um, people who are in sports, no? They, they, they find sponsors. Why do they find sponsors? Or, you know, they're given, like, for example, our brother who's a, who's a cricket player here. Yeah, Pranit is here. You know, he's been given a job in, in the in, in income tax department in sports quota. Why? You know what they say? Boy, you concentrate on your sport. We caught your back. We will support you. Don't worry about the money aspect. Concentrate on your game. I caught you. I have you. I have you covered. You're a talent. You know, we have this Olympic gold quest. Gold quest. Yeah, Olympic gold quest. India has a sponsor. Uh, many people disappointed. Only one person got a silver medal and we are so excited about it now. Okay. In weightlifting. Okay. So, so, Olympic Gold Cups, what, what do we do? Concentrate on our game. Don't worry about your finances. We will support you. Don't get distracted. You know, exactly the same thing Jesus tells us to. I have your back. Concentrate on the kingdom. Concentrate on the kingdom. I'll support you. I will sponsor you. That's exactly what he tells the disciples. He says, when you went without a bag, without money, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat? Sisters will have a, what shall we wear? I mean, so many clothes are there. No, not even a single thing is ironed. I said, Baba, so many are there. What shall we wear? What shall we 
drink. For all these things, the Gentile six verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what will God will do? I will cover you. I will take care of you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Concentrate on the kingdom. Don't worry. Concentrate on the kingdom. Don't worry. Concentrate on the kingdom. You are going through trouble in your life. God tells you, my dear brothers and sisters, don't worry. Concentrate on kingdom. I have your back. You will not lack anything in your life. Take it today this morning and say, Lord, I take it and I will never lack anything in my life because I'm putting my, putting you first in my life. Understand that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. So don't, so what do we do? When the word of God comes, do not let thorns be there in your midst. What are the thorns? <clears throat> Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> Mark chapter 4. And verse, one minute please, I'll show that verse. Mark chapter 4 and verse 10. It says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things. What do they do? They choke the word. Take all word chokers from your life. Get them out of your system. Get them out of your system this morning and say, Lord, I will take your word and your word alone, unadulterated. I don't want to be a part of this generation. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins from your hearts. You men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Take off. Take off all the thorns and let the word, when the word comes, take it off. All the distractions, Lord. Take it off, Lord. One week practice. Come back next week or at least come back on, on, come on, come back on Wednesday, maybe. And listen to the word. You will see the difference. I will challenge you. These are all empirical data I have. I proved it in my own life. Let's go back to, go back to the story, story of Lot. Genesis chapter 14. How dangerous this is. You know who the first captive is mentioned in the Bible? Lot was the first captive. Okay. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his house and went, went in pursuit as far as Dan. And you remember the story. He rescues Lot. But the problem is, Lot is rescued from whatever decisions he has made. But you know what? The spirit of Sodom is still there inside. The seed is still there. Lot was a righteous man, but a defeated man. Look at what it says in Second Peter chapter 2. We know this verse very well. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and verse 7. And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul. You see that? Tormented his righteous soul. Very difficult for him to stay. Single. All the time there's an attack on his soul. In Genesis chapter 14 verse 21, this is what the king of, king of Sodom tells Abraham. He says, and the king of Sodom said, give to be the souls. You take the possessions. That's exactly what they want. They want your mind. They want your Mind. Now look at this. Let me give you an example. 
First, let me mention certain things and I'll, then I'll give you an example. Lot is rescued. Now he has a chance. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have gone to Sodom. Let me go back with you. He doesn't. The pull is still there. The pull is still there. You know, when we say, take off the old thoughts, root it out and replace it with godly thoughts. That's what you need to do. Otherwise, what will happen? Let me show you. There's a verse in the Bible, in Job, the book of Job. I mentioned this in the Telugu service, but I'm going to mention it again. The principle, Job chapter 14, verses 7 and 8. For there is a hope for a tree. Okay, now, which tree? It could be a thorny tree or a fig tree. Okay? Doesn't matter. Which tree? If it is cut down, what will happen to it? It will sprout again. And that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its root may grow old in the earth. In the earth, what has happened? It has grown old in the earth. And its stump may die in the ground. Yet at the scent of water, what will happen? It will sprout again. I'll give you an example now. Okay. Go to more supermarket. Okay. Generally in more supermarket, they will play music. At least during, at least two, three, two, two years back. When you go to more supermarket, the first thing, more supermarket, Ratatipi is even worse actually. They will start playing music. No, remember? No, you have forgotten about all that music. But the problem is you have not rooted it from the, yeah, there's an old tree. The root has gone old. Now what is happening? And then, suddenly what has happened? Scent of water has come. What will happen? You'll start thinking, that was that movie, those days. And then suddenly there'll be a smile on your face. Now you'll go to the counter and then you get into the car and then you come back home, you're the song is ringing and ringing, you come back and you start opening YouTube and then what has happened? At the scent of water, it sprang up. Scent of water. You know, sometimes you just have to tell me a word. I'll tell you the movie. My wife is like sometimes shocked. Every situation I sing a song and I'm like, oh, how? See what has happened? Especially if you have a good memory, gone. It's it's both ways. You will never forget. I'll tell you something. You see an image, it's there in your life. For the rest of your life, it's there. In in technical terms, it's called a trigger. You'll start thinking, oh, that song, that old song. You'll start thinking about Jagjit Singh. And you will start reminiscing. I'm telling you honestly. I remember my own, when I was early in the morning, generally what do you do? You get up and you want to do a devotion, right? One day by mistake, I went to Facebook in the morning. And I saw one picture of my old friend during classroom days, you know. B-Tech days, for one and a half year, one and a half hours, just thinking about my college days. For one and a half hour. I'm, t- I'm talking about a person who's been in the ministry and I'm, I, I, I got up in the morning for one and a half hour, I was supposed to do my devotion, opened Facebook and I'm gone. One and a half hours is gone. 
you know what? Whole trees. What should you do? Pull it out from the root, my dear brothers. Pull it out. Don't even give it a scent of water. Don't let it even smell water because the roots might be still be there. That is the reason why break up your father. What has happened? Lord, you lost everything. You've just got rescued. You know what? The scent is still there. You know, little scent of water he wants to go back to. Sodom. Destroys his life. Break up. Break up your fallow ground. Ultimately, you become indecisive. See that? Luke's Gospel chapter 3. As it is written, in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. What should you do? Prepare the way of the Lord. So when even when you're coming to church, one thing you, you, you need to do, Lord, saying, Lord, Lord, let the way to my heart be prepared this morning. Be prepared. That's what worship helps you to do, at least for 20 minutes or half an hour. Prepare. Make paths straight for your word. Bring down every valley. Oh, sorry. Bring up every valley. Bring down every hill and every crooked part, let it be made straight. So that what, what will I do? I will see, I will be able to see your salvation. And then what, what does he say? Same chapter, Luke's gospel chapter 3 verse 9. Even now, the axe is laid to the root. And what does Acts 2.38 say? Be saved from this perverse generation. Get out of it. Acts 2.38. There was a thief who went into a home. You know that you know, you know that joke, right? He went into a home in uh, Canada, and that lady is a Christian. And in a dream, she was saying, "Acts, Acts two thirty-eight, Acts two thirty-eight, Acts two thirty-eight. Don't, don't forget Acts two thirty-eight. And the thief came into the to the room. He heard that and he ran for his life. And he was in the car. He was going away with his friend. And he said, "Why do you run away from that from that home?" He said, "You know what? She's got an axe and two thirty-eights." Only sister else got it. No, <laughs> nobody else got it. Two thirty-eights are two pistols. Thirty-eight mm pistols. Acts two thirty-eight. Lay to the root. Get it out. Be decisive. Get it out and say, Lord, you know you'll you'll pay the price. Otherwise, honestly, you are all young people now. You are saying, I've got my life ahead of me. Monday grinders will go. Some of you don't even have grinders in your age nowadays. You still go to the dentist and say, ah. All grinders gone. And what does Pastor James have to do? Put it in the grinder and feed you through the pipe. Honestly, honestly, don't, don't take these things lightly. Okay. For a time will come when people will not be able to what? Endure sound doctrine. Okay? Lay to the root. One example of a person who was decisive. Who never be, you can never argue her. You know what we call this? This is mundimukham. In the positive way. I mean, stubborn in the positive way. Gospel according to Ruth. Chapter 1. And they lifted up their voice and wept. Who is this person? Orpa, Naomi, and Ruth. But Ruth, what did she do? She clung to her mother-in-law. And she said, 
Behold, your sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. You know what she says? And they lifted up their voices. And you know what she says? Ruth, I mean, this is Ruth 1 verse 16. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to return from following after you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people, my people. Your God, my God. If your wife will not say this, if your fiancé will not say this when you are getting married, don't marry her. No, we will live separately. No, I'm not talking about separate. They will live separately and they are separated completely now. From the church. I'm talking about the church. If that person is not interested in the things of God, boss, not worth it. It is don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers slash believers also. Just because she is Mary, she is very contrary. What is her name? Mary. Very contrary. We sing that hymn, no? Mary, Mary, not nursery rhyme, no? Mary, Mary, quite contrary. I saw so many Marys. Very, very contrary. No pun intended, definitely. Okay, let's go on. <laughs> Okay. Thy people shall be my people. No, 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 no. I don't want to be with the church people anymore, okay? Cause a lot of headache. Uh Uh-huh. You are one headache. That is the reason why we we heard that sermon of be what? Hospitable. Now, a person who is supposed to be hospitable, that is, you, you should see Abigail, okay, the wisest woman in the Bible. You know what she says when David sends her the proposal? I am going to wash the feet of thy servants. Find an Abigail. I mean, not my daughter, just, just generally, okay. For the daughter, you have to go through me, okay. That is going to be one heck of a guy you have to go through. Hmm? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, <laughs> I have to say that, okay. Uh, uh, I have to warn her, I have to warn her, okay. Warn her, She will never forget all these things, okay. She's also got a tremendous memory, Baba. Memory. Some, the other day I was listening to something, she heard something in the message and she heard, she just reminded me of that. I'm like, oh my goodness, she heard that and she got it. Good, good. So don't underestimate your children. Okay, They are not too small for anything now. I'll tell you, they have a Bible study, okay. There are four girls from our school who have a Bible study. Two of my daughters and two children who join online. You should see their notes, I'm going to get the notes for you. The lies that Satan speaks to us girls. Ma, I said, I didn't get these revelations. You know, there's a saying in Telugu, Agipulla, Kukapilla, Sabobilla. Learn from everybody. From a Kukapilla means dog. From Agipulla means from a matchstick. From a Sabobilla means a soap, piece of soap. Learn from everybody. I read those notes, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is too mature. Okay, don't underestimate. 
you should listen to certain conversations when they speak in the car. Some of the girls come in, come with me in my car, okay? They have their own team. Okay, so don't underestimate. Where thou diest, I will die. Where you will be buried? You know, that is like, this is the equivalent of Job. No, even if I am, if you slay me, I will serve you. Job is one mundi fellow. He's a stubborn fellow in the right way. He's decided that he has, he'll, he'll worship God. Period. He's, nobody's going to argue him out of that. Not like these preachers on television who've been argued out of Christendom. Argued out. Who can argue out of Christendom? Who can argue out of a living relationship with God? You are a reprobate. I don't even know whether you're, whether you're genuinely converted, first of all. <laughs> what, are, what are they saying? Where you die, I will die. Understand that. When she saw that she was what? Steadfastly minded. She said, okay, I can't argue you out of this. No. Why are you going back to Bethlehem? Why are you going, going back to Bethlehem? Yes, brothers. Because you heard that God visited Bethlehem with bread. Roti, payron ka zanjir ban gaya tumara. So now wherever there is bread, you are going there. Now what you should do when you go, when you have come to Bethlehem, you are a Naomi and you have brought one decisive person. You think she's going to keep quiet and sit idle in her home? Look at what it says in Ruth's Gospel chapter 2. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth, not the Jewish, Jewess, the Moabites said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean the heads of grain after him in whose sight I might find favor. And she said to her, go. In other words, I don't, I'm a decisive person. I didn't come here to sit idle. I want to make a decision. I want to go out now. You know the Hebrew word for, for, for decisive or uh, comes from the Hebrew word which means several things. I'll show you. Proverbs chapter 10. He becomes poor that dwelleth with a slack hand. But the hand of the, what is a diligent? A decisive person. Makes what? Rich. 12.24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. You want to rule over, over, you want to rule over sin? You want to have dominion over sin? What should you be? You should be decisive in the things of God. Have strong convictions in the things of God. But the slothful shall bear shall be under tribute. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made what? Fat. Alright? And then finally, this is 25. This is not 13, this is 25.4. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. What does she do? She makes a decision. I don't want to sit idle like this. I want to go out. I don't want to work. I want to glean. I'm going to do the hard work. And you know what? The, the, and the people in uh, Boise's field, they say, who's this woman? You know, she's been working hard since morning and she took a break only for a while for, you know, for a water break and a, and a what break? 
no no coffee break okay lunch break only now we have coffee break polo break sutta break what else what are the what are the what are the other breaks we have in 8 hour shift we have n number of breaks and after that we come out we do break dance break 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 this is this is this is exactly the kind of generation we are living in no i know when i was in triple it for the first class was 8 i mean it was 2008 2009 the first class one hour they said thank you they were they were concentrating very hard by the time i came to uh, the seventh batch half an hour finished all their prostrate glands will start complaining over everybody wants a break see there's another guy who cannot be argued cannot be argued out of the decisions that is made second samuel chapter 11 you know this person very well david said to uriah go down to your house and wash your feet so, so uriah departed from the king's house and a gift of gift of food from the king from king followed him you know this is they're trying to bribe him out at least if you can't be argued out let me just bribe you out of your convictions bribe you out let me just load i mean let me make you dull and let me make you you know what uh, pliable you know we have two kinds of people pliable and obstinate you should be obstinate in the right things So Uriah departed from the king's house and gift of food from the king followed him but Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of the lord and did not go down to his house so when they told David saying Uriah did not go down to his house David said to Uriah look at what he says did not did you not come from a journey why did you not go down to your house and Uriah said to said to David the ark of the ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields i just came because you called me he didn't add that because i was busy doing warfare i thought you wanted to meet you wanted to know what's going on you wanted to give me some some strategies how to do war no this is not strategy you know what he's going to do he's going to write his death sentence and he's going to give it to his hand that guy is so loyal he puts it in his puts it in his pocket and goes and dies for the king who deceived him do we have such convictions my dear brothers and sisters but our king never deceives us uriah can die to a king who deceived him and our king gave his life for us and we deceive him my dear brothers one of the characters that you can put in as a, put in as a drama is you know what uriah i want to get a good actor for it write a script name of the movie uriah the what the hittite you know what hittite means the person who was tormented by fear that's what hittite means a spirit of hittite is a spirit of fear you know what he says my my name is no longer whatever hittite i am uriah yahweh is my light if yahweh is my light whom shall i fear david i can't argue me out of the kingdom you can't argue me out you can't dull me out you can't feed me out you can't bribe me out out of the kingdom of god even if it is you david you know rakabites jeremiah gives them wine and he says we will not eat we will not drink and what do we have people little discomfort one person one person said something and they will leave the church and they will go 
Understand, my dear brothers, where we are living in. Be saved from this perverse generation. Be decisive. You know what he says? Shall I go to my house, eat and drink and lie with my wife? It was a slap on David's face. But he was too proud to accept his mistake. Or maybe too scared. The guilty are afraid. The righteous are bold as a lion and the wicked run when nobody is what? Pursuing them. What is pursuing them? Their conscience is pursuing them. My dear brothers and sisters, we are living in a generation which is so given over to the spirit of the age. I'm challenging all of us and saying, Lord, let us be a church. We'll say, Lord, we will not be, be argued out of the kingdom. We will not be bribed out of the kingdom. We are soldiers. We are pilgrims. We will not be caught in civilian affairs. We will not talk about comforts. I will not do this thing. And David said to Uriah, wait here today and tomorrow. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and night. Now when David called him, he ate and drank before him and he made him drunk. But still this fellow will not go. My dear brothers, we have to learn from Uriah the Hittite. Therefore the question is, how do we become obstinate and decisive in these last days? How many of you was, was, how many of us want to become obstinate and decisive in the right way? Show me your hands. Come on. Raise your hands. Be unashamed this morning. Lord, decided Not Mahesh Babu. I said. One decision I've made, I'm going to stick to that. Nobody's going to argue me out of my relationship with God. Joshua chapter 1. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon. I will give you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be whose territory? Your territory. First thing. Let's read that out. Have a clear understanding of your purpose. Ask God this year. Like pastor said, no, we are entering into the 14th year. And what is 14th year? All of us will take our God-appointed place in the body of Christ. Have a clear understanding of my purpose. Ask God. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 for me. 2, 2, 2. And after that, 2, 2, 2, 2. If any man will cleanse himself of the latter, what will he do? He will make him a vessel of Honor prepared for the master's use. Two promises God gave me. I will stick to that for the rest of my life. God will have given you the same thing. Because God is not a respecter of persons. He is not partial, my dear brothers. Anybody from the smallest to the youngest to the oldest can know the purpose of God for their lives. <clears throat> have a clear understanding. Don't go this year. Ask God. Go to your secret closet of prayer and say, Lord, what is my purpose? Let me tell you, if you're a student, what is your purpose? Ah, study. Thank you very much. Thank you. Study. What is your purpose? It's called general will. See, it is when David did the general will of God, God showed him the specific will at the right time. The Kairos movement came to David. You know when? He was taking care of his father's sheep diligently day after day after day. That was his will. And in that place, God trained him. 
And you know what God did? You're ready. <clears throat> Go. One fellow is challenging. He goes exactly in the 40th day. Remember? 40th day, he goes to the place exactly when Goliath comes and challenges. Kairos moment. And from that time onwards, life of David changes. Understand. Have a clear understanding of your purpose. Next. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I also will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Have the assurance that the Lord is with me as long as I am with him. Have the assurance. Second Chronicles chapter 15. Second Chronicles chapter 15. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Odeth. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he'll be fond of you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. For a long time Israel had been without true God, without a teaching priest and without law. And when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel, what happened? He s- and sought him, he was found by them. Okay, seek. Have the assurance, Lord. The Lord was with Joseph wherever. Why was the Lord with Joseph? Wherever. Because, the, because Joseph was with the Lord. Wherever. Then, most important. <clears throat> only be what? You know what the word for strong is? What is that? Decisive. <laughs> strong. Decisive and very courageous. That you may observe. Don't turn to the left or to the right. All that Moses taught you, don't turn to, to it from the left or to the right. But how do you do that? Next verse, verse 8. This book of the law, what should you do? Shall not depart from your mouth. You shall start meditating upon it. What does that mean? Keep replacing worldly ideas with the thoughts of God and build strong convictions. What? strong convictions. How do convictions come? Let me show you. Scripture again. I'm not going to go one thing out of scripture. How do convictions come? Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. <clears throat> all scripture. Everybody say all scripture. The good, the bad and the ugly of scripture. All, I mean for us, not for God. Everything is good for God, okay? All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine. Second thing, for reproof. You know what the word for reproof is? For building convictions. That's our word. For building convictions. For correction. For instruction and righteousness. So that what? A man of God may be thoroughly equipped. You see, in order to be decisive, who was vacillating when, when Goliath came? Everybody was indecisive. For 40 days they were indecisive. One, one guy comes. Why does he make a difference? Because of the anointing of God over his life. What made the difference? The anointing of God over his life made the difference. What does the anointing do? It gives you the power to do things which you, do, which you are not capable in the natural. How do we get the anointing therefore? The question is that. How do we get the anointing? Psalm 133. Psalm 133 verses 1 onwards. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is. What is happening over here? You know what you're doing? All of us are listening to the word of God and if I'm preaching the word of God is true, what are you doing? You are agreeing with me and even as you're agreeing with the word of God, you know what is happening? You're being filled with the anointing of the word of God. 
anointing of the Spirit. That is the reason why it says in Galatians chapter 3, it says, how does God supply the Spirit? It's by the hearing which comes from faith. God supplies the Spirit. It is like precious oil upon the head. Not attending Zoom classes. When we have don't have opportunities, okay. But do not forsake the assembling of the saints. Coming together. Listening to the word. Because when we come together, there's a different anointing. I was preaching this message to myself in the morning. What I was saying to this, saying to myself in the morning and what I'm saying is totally different. My w- wife watched me and she was singing this fellow the mad fellow. But it's okay. It's, it's a, this is it. This is different over here. Coming together. It's like dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord, what, what, what did he do? He commanded blessing and life forever. We need the anointing. It is the anointing which breaks the strongholds. It is the anointing of God which makes us do things which we are not capable of doing in the natural. It's the anointing. So in order to do the anointing, what do we do? We come and agree with the word of God. Not only that, more important thing, Psalm 141. Let's all read this together. Last verse. Ah, okay. Let the righteous man strike me. Agreed? Everybody, let this, let's read that again. Okay, just in case you did not agree. Manusratam lechalamandik. Okay. Let a righteous man strike me. That is, wow. So in other words, when pastor says, oh Vijay, so sorry. Or Vijay, you need a strike. Strike, Which is better? When is he being kind to me? Uh, second one. Other is smooth talk. Mukastuti. Flattery. Let a righteous man strike me. That is what? Kindness. Let him rebuke me. What is that? Oh, oil on my head. What is anointing? When, the, when I get a rebuke, I'm getting anointing. Can you imagine? In other words, you know what, what, is, what, is, what is happening? When God is rebuking you, He's oiling you nicely. Nicely oiling, you know? It's like putting oil, like when you bring your daughter, especially you have daughters and you have to put oil to their hair. That's exactly what He's doing. Nicely oiling you. Oiling you nicely. Not cutting your head. Oiling you. My head will not refuse it. Why? What will not refuse it? I will not become stubborn. Who is he to tell me? No. I said, you know what? Strike me. My head will not refuse it. Refuse it. For my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. See, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And then you know what happens? God tells Joshua, every place, every place you will be prosperous. Every place. You go to your office, I'll give your office to you. I will give your boss to you. Whether he will, re- well, whether he will respond to the gospel or not is different. But I will give you opportunities to share the gospel with him. He will listen to you. What will you do? He will listen to you at his expense. What did I say? Ah, at his expense. 
because you know when, once I finished my PhD, my boss called me. He wanted to take me for a treat. Okay. So we went on a treat. That day I decided today I am going to give him the gospel. Fully equipped, I went, waiting for the opportunity. And he went, and we went to Satguru's Isha, Isha Foundation. You know, Satguru's Isha Foundation. They have a hotel. They have a restaurant. You know? He is neither Sat nor Guru. Okay. He is called Sadhguru. Okay, but he is... So I went. He's having nice dosa. At his expense. You know, stupid places. For one dosa, I'll make it better. 300 rupees and 350 rupees, they're nonsense. Okay, but anyway. Okay, at his expense, it's, it's, it's okay, you know. So, at that moment, you know, we were discussing something and he was telling me about his office, etc. And then he said, sir, he was a right winger. No? I said, sir, there are a lot of people to the left and there are a lot of people to the right. But the only way we will reconcile the right and the left is when we wash one another's feet. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He never heard it. You'll get opportunities. Every place you go, you will have a witness. Every place you go, you will be the spiritual head and not the tail. Because there will be issues and problems, the world will have no idea how to deal with them. You will have the solution. You know why? Because you will be men and women of decision. Filled with the anointing of the, of the word of God. And you will find solutions to problems. So this morning, we are in the house of God. The last Sunday of July. And we'll be entering into 8th month very soon. Let's all stand up. And say, Lord, I want to be decisive. Okay. You already should make up your mind. Now. During the times of prosperity. During the time of peace. Now you make a decision. So that when the evil day comes, you will not fall. It will come. Evil days are promised. And you will be pushed to a corner. Still you will not fall. Because you have inculcated the habit of saying, Lord, I will not be argued out of this. I am fully convinced in my mind. Let's pray. Father, this morning, pray Father for all of us. So many of us in the church, even here, oh Lord, still vacillating between two opinions. We have worldly ideas and worldly thoughts. And alongside with godly ideas. But Lord, your word enjoins. It's not the word which choked the thorns. It's the thorns which choked the word. And this morning... I pray for every one of us in the church that we will be out of this crooked and perverse generation. We will be respectful to our authorities, to spiritual authorities especially, to authorities in our workplaces, to our parents. Whether we agree with them or not, we will always choose to honor them. Lord, 
Let us be different, O Lord, as a church. Let the young people in our church, O Lord, be different. When they look at their chaste conversation, when the people in this world look at their chaste, godly conversation, they will ask them the reason for the hope that is in them. And they will be able to give an answer. Because strong convictions have been formed. There will be a generation who will not be ashamed to respect authority. There will be a generation who will choose to go against the tide like Daniel. There will be a generation who will purpose in their heart not to defile themselves. There will be a generation who cannot be argued out of the kingdom of God. With whatever theory that comes on. Evolution. Communism. Whatever it is, O Lord. They cannot be argued out of the kingdom. Because they have a relationship with God. Fire up our young people, O Lord, especially in our church. So many of us, young ones, O Lord, who will be going to colleges, who will be making career decisions, who will be making life partner decisions. And I pray, Lord, strong convictions will be formed. They will say like Ruth, your God, my God, where you lodge, I will lodge. Where you die, I will die. Only death will separate us and nothing can argue them out of the relationship with you. There will be a decisive generation. Father, find a testimony, O Lord. Among all of us, I pray, not one will be exempt from this, O Lord. That is my burden this morning, O Lord, for your people and for myself. More importantly, for myself, O Lord. Thank you, Father. I believe you have spoken a lot this morning. That you have stirred us up in a a man. I pray, Lord, that we will go back with a strong spine. Not just with a spine in our back, but a straight spine. Lord. And we will say, like the psalmist, Let the righteous strike me. It will be kindness. It is the kindness of God that brings to repentance, O Lord. And it is in your kindness that you strike us. O Lord, may we have a heart to realize that. It is not because you you hate us. It is because you love us, you strike us. Because you see our latter end. You, You are a God who has already seen our end. We haven't seen it, O Lord. You are the God who said, I will go ahead of you and straighten, straighten crooked paths for you. And I pray, Lord, you will find faith among us, us, us and our, especially our, our young people here in our church, O Lord, who will say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you have my best interest in your heart and your mind. I will follow you. I will not fool around with the world. Fire us up this morning. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Father. As your children go into another week, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen them in their resolve. In their workplaces, they will not compromise. They will not compromise in the things of money. They will not compromise in the things of relationship. They will not compromise in the things of what they see on the internet. Oh Lord, they will not compromise in their phone calls. They will not compromise in their WhatsApps. They will be a pure 
generation. And you said in your word, O Lord Jesus, blessed are the pure in spirit. They shall see God. Lord, I pray, challenge us, O Lord, to that pure life that we will be decisive. Thank you, Father. Commit ourselves into your hands. Last days of the seventh month. Strengthen us. Be with us. Go ahead of us. Straighten crooked paths for us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the power of the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory from this time forth and even forever. And all God's children said, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. God bless you all richly and